can you can you ask the clown that's poking his head out of your ceiling tile what he thinks? Yeah, or the lady next to him. I think she looks like the expressionless. Oh dang! It. <laughs> <sighs> I thought we were going to get through a whole Halloween episode. Nope. What without... are you nuts? Are you aware of the expressionless, Jeremy? Uh, just from the discussions that I've heard from you guys. Don't do that. Hello, and welcome to the Pillow Talk Podcast, brought to you by Local Flavor Productions. You can find us across social media at Pillow Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Nick, Jeremy, and Bill. Are we ready? Yeah, just don't make me eat any more of those Skittles. Hey, part two. Hey, welcome. I'm going to put in my candy cigarette for the evening. <laughs> and uh, Is that the Pall Malls or the Lucky Strikes? This is the Lucky Lights. <laughs> Does it... Oh, it's it's candy, yep, yep. It really is a candy cigarette. Not the kind that blows smoke? Nope. Does it nope. have a little red ash at those the end? The- those nope. see those those were the good ones when it was like the the bubble gum, like mm-hmm. the yeah. bubble gum cigarette that was wrapped and then it was because it was coated in whatever powder that was that if it blew out through it mm-hmm. you'd it'd puff. Uh, the eighties, you know, uh, candy cigarettes featured prominently in Stephen King's new book, The Institute, available now at local booksellers. Is that good? Uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. I got a good review from a friend of mine who's a. Not a huge Stephen King fan, but enough of a fan that I respect his judgment when it comes to such things. But I'll, uh, I'll tell you what, I listened to, uh, I hadn't read The Stand since I was in college, and I listened to it on Audible not too long ago. That's a solid piece of work right there. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. It is. I um, The one, if I had mm. one gripe, have you read the Dark Tower stuff? Um, I'm halfway through it, so. Okay, Um there was, I, he could have connected the Institute to the Dark Tower series, which I thought would have been really cool. Uh, he didn't, and that's okay, but I was like, oh, man, he really could have connected it, and that would have been neat. Because you haven't talked with any of the Breakers yet, have you? No. Yeah, so he could have brought the Breakers in to this book, which I thought would have been cool, but nah. Next Are you time. excited for uh, season two of Castle Rock? On you know, um, it's funny you Ooh. mentioned that. I, um, what day is today? Today's Tuesday. I started watching season one of Castle Rock on Sunday. You haven't watched season one? No, I never got around to it. Oh, man. Fantastic stuff. And I finished up all the Marvel stuff on Netflix, and I finished up Designated Survivor season three. And so I started watching Castle Rock on Sunday. Got a couple, three episodes into it. Thought it was good. It's awesome. And then I realized season two season two is coming out this week. Yeah, so I'm like, hey, perfect timing. And it's misery. So is it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna have to pony up the money for however many months it's gonna take 
uh, for CBS All Access when they release the stand, the new version of it. Yeah, because there's no way I'm gonna wait. there's no way I'm gonna wait for that to be available for whatever. Like I gotta watch that when it comes out. But I I don't know what they're planning on doing. But I really need them to not do the entire thing at once. You know, a lot of these streaming services release the entire series or the entire season at once. And then you can binge watch it. You need to, this one you need to wait for. Like you need to, they need to do it one episode at a time, one per week, stretch it out over two and a half months and actually make people wait. They, uh, Disney plus has announced that that's how the stuff on at least the Mandalorian will be like that one episode mm-hmm. a week. That's how CBS it actually should. does it from my understanding. Yeah, it should be. I mean, yeah, cause they do the star Trek like that. The new Picard yeah, totally series should. looks good, too. Luke. I think it's just called Picard, but yeah. John Luke Picard. <laughs> Look, I made a candy joint. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard on CBS All Access, where yeah. Patrick JLP. Stewart just sits around his vineyards in France and drinks wine all day. It was funny when he was like, Jean-Luc, and he took out his cigarette, Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Here, do that again. Just, uh, John, <laughs> John Luke Picard. <laughs> Look, he just needs like an old western hat and a duster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a few things I've learned in That's this nice. place. <laughs> <laughs> And it's that you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to die. <laughs> and you never count your chips when you're sitting at the table. You, you, you're not doing it right. No. Wait, I thought it was know when to run. Yeah, it is. He's, he's, yeah. You do it is know when to die. It's not, there's, well, there you go, Bill, from the previous episode. There's no the new theme to song to the new James Bond movie. Yeah. You got to know when to die. I like that. Okay, spooky stuff. Yep, spooky stuff. What you got? Spooky. I don't know. I, I'm still trying to get my... I, so I have this tradition that I wanted to start, and it's not worked out real well, and the fact that I've got kids has made it more difficult, but my older kids are now Preach. at the point where I don't know... I don't know whether I might... This year might be able to be it's the year a, that I get it to stick. It's not a cross-country murder spree, is it? Because... I don't want to be sequestered for anything. <laughs> no. You're, you're fine. No, I, I bought, uh, several years ago, I bought a copy. It was at, I think it was at Barnes & Noble, and it was in the um, nice. bargain book section. But they had a, a, this nice, like, deluxe copy of H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. In, it, in it was this a CD that had the full version of the original Orson Welles' War of the Worlds Ooh. radio broadcast. Nice. Which is only about 30 minutes long. It's not that long to listen to, but it's really cool. And I, I remember the year that I bought it, this was, I think it was not too long after I got married, but we didn't have kids yet. And that was what I did. We just like got a bottle of, I think, spiced apple wine or something and tossed it in and turned the lights off, lit some candles. And like, that was a really cool vibe to listen to that in the dark. And I really want my kids to get into it, but they don't really understand what the whole War of the Worlds thing is yet. So I'm hoping... That this year I can give it a shot and see if I can actually make it stick. Nice. Yeah, that's they, pretty cool. And they're apparently remaking that in the BBC. Did we talk about that the last time we had a show? I don't think we did. 
Yeah, BBC is doing a new <laughs> version of it, a three-part miniseries or whatever. This is the I BBC. Trust, if, if, the B, if the BBC is doing a three-part miniseries on something, I trust that it won't suck. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, hopefully it has... In it. <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully it has Ben DeBum Snumbernatch in it. I know that guy. Well, isn't, isn't that a requirement for any BBC production is that Bumblesnatch has to be in it in some way, shape, or form? He uh, also has the only name that you can completely massacre, and everybody knows who you're talking about. Yep. I, um, I'll tell you this. The, the BBC did a, did a three-part miniseries on the Enfield Poltergeist, and it wasn't that great. So there's that. What is the Enfield Poltergeist? The Enfield Poltergeist is a um, is a um, a story about a British family who um, the daughters become tormented. Sorry, uh, become tormented by a spirit. Um, um, and, uh, there's a lot of pictures online. Actually, if you look up the Enfield Poltergeist, you'll see a picture of like, what looks like the girl jumping on a bed, but they say that she's floating in the air. Um, it was a case by Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, in England. Um, pretty interesting stuff, but the Enfield Poltergeist movie, not the best. It was actually the plot for the Conjuring 2. Really? Electric Boogaloo. Yes. Wait a minute. Hmm. I'm looking up these pictures online. This is not a this is someone jumping off a bed. Yep. It, it's not even close to being anything other than a kid jumping off a bed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like anything other than a kid jumping off a bed. Ooh. That is um that is why it's one of the most disputed hauntings ever. Second only to another Ed and Lorraine Warren case where a man murdered his uh, landlord and then tried to claim that he was uh, innocent by possession. That, of August, course, August 1977, single parent Peggy Hodgson called police to her rented home, claiming she'd witnessed furniture moving and that two of her four children said knocking sounds were heard on walls. Police constable said she saw a chair wobble and slide. Later claims included disembodied voices, loud noises, thrown toys, overturned chairs, and children levitating. Over a period of 18 months, more than 30 people, including neighbors, psychic researchers, and journalists, said they variously saw heavy furniture moving of its own accord, objects being thrown across the room, and the daughters seeming to levitate several feet off the ground. Many also heard recorded knocking sound. Oh, many also heard and recorded knocking sounds and a gruff voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, it is. It's one of the most, um, like disputed, but like there's also people that back it up like respectable, you know, like the constable, the police constable and like stuff like that, that back it up. But there's people that 
you know, like Jeremy said, if you look up the pictures online, that's clearly a girl jumping out of the bed. Like, I believe in this stuff, and that's clearly a girl jumping on the bed. Uh, Society for Psychical Research members reported curious whistling and barking noises coming from Janet's general direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so Grossi and Playfair believe that although some of the alleged poltergeist activity was faked by the girls, other incidents were genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty crazy, like how polarizing it is. But hmm. yeah, pretty interesting. Adam Lorraine Warren, if uh, you want to talk about spooky books, there is a book. If if I, I am probably honestly the only person who's interested in this. There is a book called The Demonologist that chronicles all of their high profile cases they have from the Amityville that they've worked on from the Amityville horror to the Enfield poltergeist to, um, the haunting in Connecticut to, um, just all sorts of them. And they it's very, very interesting. Visited the house in 1978 and were convinced the events had a supernatural explanation. Yes, they, um, they are. So Ed Warren, I, I think I've said this before, but Ed Warren is actually, was well, he was, he's dead. Um, he was the only, um, person, stop doing that to me. It's not working. He's, right. he's the only person who, um, he's the only person, non-ordained person who was able to perform exorcisms in the eyes of the church. Really? Yeah. The true, hmm. the, the true church. Yes. The, the one true church, the one with the Pope and the hat. Yep. Yeah. Just throwing that out there in case my mom's listening. Yes. Not the not the other church with the pope, but without the hat. Yes, no, not that guy. Not the, okay. ch- the church with a little C, the church with the big C. Yeah. Did I ever tell you guys that joke about the guy at work who knows everybody? Interesting. No. There's a guy what at work, you, and he not, just or what? And he, he's always name dropping things, name dropping people. Oh, I know this person. I know that person. Well, finally, his boss has had it, and he's like, "Look." I, if you know so many people, call you know call this call this famous person. Let's just let's just say Terry Crews. Call Terry Crews. So he says okay. So he picks up the phone, dials it. He says hey Terry, it's it's Jim. Oh hey Jim. And so they're talking, and he says hey you want to talk to my boss? And so he talks to his boss, it's Terry Crews, and his boss is like, that's lucky. Just random like that's just random luck. I'll take you anywhere in the entire world, and if you if you can find somebody that you know. Anywhere in the entire world, and I get to pick the place, I'll believe you. He says, okay. So they, they, he says, I'm going to take him to the Vatican. So he takes him to the Vatican. He says, where are we going? And he says, we're going, to go, we're going to go right in the middle of town where all these people are. And if you know somebody there, then I'll believe that you know everybody. So they, they're walking through the, the middle of the Vatican. You know, all these people are there. And the Pope's, you know, getting ready to preach off the balcony there. And all of a sudden, the, guy, the, the boss looks over, and the guy's gone. And he's looking and he's looking and all of a sudden he sees him and he's, he sees him walking out, walk out onto the balcony next to the Pope. And he puts his hand on the Pope's shoulder and he's kind of looking down and the Pope looks over at him. And, and so the guy, the guy, the boss is looking at him. He, all of a sudden this guy in, in the crowd taps him on the shoulder and he goes, he looks over and he goes, yeah. And he says, Hey, who's that guy up there next to Jim? <laughs> that was a long joke. 
<laughs> okay, never mind. What else, what you guys right. want to talk about? What, what, okay, so you did your research. You looked at the pictures. What do you think, Jeremy? Hoax or not? Uh, uh, based on the pictures, I would say hoax. I, I would say yeah. Uh, based on the the pictures that I see, I don't see anything like that somebody couldn't do on their own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I That's showed true. you a picture of a couch in the middle of a floor, it would just look like a couch sitting on the floor. That's true. Hmm? You wouldn't be able to see that it was moving by itself. Yeah, very true. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. What do you guys got going on for Halloween this year? Is a big trick or treating schedule? What's with trick or treating starting? Is I don't know if it's like this for you guys. Trick or treating starts in our area at something like three thirty or four o'clock. What? It's ridiculous. What's wrong with Illinois? I I don't well, a lot, but <laughs> I. Back in the day, we would never go trick-or-treating until it got dark outside. That's the whole point. And now, it's something like 3.30 to 7. So, trick-or-treating's over before it even gets dark out. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, uh, that to me is is odd, too. Yeah, I remember, like, you would go trick-or-treating when it was dark. Uh Like, that was, that's the whole fun of trick-or-treating. Yeah, it starts... Starts up here at six and goes till eight. So I mean, it gets dark like it's dark, dark at seven. So yeah, yeah, we do it right in Michigan. Okay, true, true. It's um, yeah. I mean, so I, you know, we're doing the normal trick or treat and stuff. Um, and uh, I try to always watch at least you know a couple scary movies with myself, not my kids, uh, because you know I like sleep. Uh, <laughs> I've um, I've been trying to power through the original it um, in my time at work uh, this last few weeks, and uh, then I plan on listening to the audiobook of that. Ah, nice. Uh, as well. Okay, that's got to be a that's got to be a pretty hefty it's, investment of time. I think the stand was something like forty seven hours. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, because it's what like nine hundred pages. Mm-hmm. It's a like it's huge. Yeah, if not longer. Like it's the size of a Bible. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I have been reading for the first time. I've been reading Bram Stoker's Dracula. Ah, uh, that's a good read. Never, never made myself read it. So I've been. I'm probably. You know, the sixty percent of the way through it. The first time. The first time I read that was actually, I, I had a little project that I gave myself back when I was in college. Do you remember the Sean Connery film, uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Sure. Yeah. So all the characters in that are based on Victorian era literature. So a lot of the stories I was familiar with, but I hadn't read. So after I saw that movie for the first time, I started compiling all, almost all of the books that it was based on. Mm-hmm. So I read Dracula. I read The Invisible Man. Uh, read King the picture Solomon's of Dorian mind. Gray. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. It was. Um, I, I think the only ones I didn't get to were King Solomon's Minds, and then I didn't read 
Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea again, but I read everything else. Um, but, but yeah, it's Dracula is an interesting read, just I think because the way that it's written is a little bit different. But it is, and I think I, I've started reading it like two or three times, and this time I finally decided I was going to do it. It's funny mm-hmm. I watched Leading of Extraordinary Gentleman. King Solomon's Minds was the only one I actually did read. There you go. Huh. Well, what do you know? Yeah, it's a good book. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde's in there, too. Yeah, now I want to watch that movie again. That was a decent wasn't flick. It, it was okay. It wasn't a great movie. No, but I just, I I, I do have fond memories of it. Yeah. Yeah, the graphic novel actually, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is good. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what I was going to say. I I know that based on a graphic novel, and I wouldn't mind digging that up. Who wasn't? Didn't the guy who wrote that, isn't that one of the big, isn't that the same guy who did The Watchmen? Yeah, it was Alan Moore. Alan Moore, that's right. Which is surprising, yeah. knowing Alan Moore and the way he writes. <laughs> Alan Moore, who was once described on CNN as a, uh, was he a wizard enthusiast? What was it that he was described as? <laughs> Have you ever seen a picture of Alan Moore? Yeah, he's weird. Uh, he's odd. Here, let me, I'll get a picture of him while you figure out what he looks like. Uh, images. Where is that? Well, he's, yeah, I mean, I've, I think I've seen what he looks like before. He essentially looks like Marilyn Manson with a beard. Yeah, Al- Alan Moore on the BBC. Alan Moore, go, writer, wizard, mall Santa, Rasputin impersonator. <laughs> uh, that's that's the one I was looking for. Yeah, he does kind of look like Rasputin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's got some issues. Yeah, he does. Weird dude, man. Genius, but a weird dude. Mm-hmm. He wrote The Killing Joke. I need to read that one. That's a good one. I have it. Oh, that's fantastic. Batman the Killing Joke, yeah. Uh, that's a subject for another day. Yes, it is. Um, Halloween movies, what you got? Nick, you said you like to watch a couple of Halloween movies. We've been watching a couple in my house. Yeah. We just watched um, so Sleepy Hollow the other night. Fantastic. And I, do you Are you talking about the Johnny Depp Sleepy Hollow? Yep. Uh, and actually, um, so... I assume that we don't need a spoiler alert for a movie that came out in 1994, but um, we watched the Johnny Depp version of Sleepy Hollow, and you know, I think the cartoon Disney version is actually scarier. That yeah. scared me as a kid. And my yes, thought... That is, that's a legit scary cartoon. It like, is. Well, because yeah. at, the, at the end of Sleepy Hollow... Ichabod is okay, and he gets with his girlfriend, and they live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. In the cartoon version, he's just gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and they beat the bad guy. They beat Christopher Walken, mm-hmm. and he lives happily ever after. And in the cartoon version, he's nobody gone. knows where the headless horseman is, and Ichabod's gone. There's much so scarier. I, I'm a sucker. For any telling of that story. I love that story. I've loved it since I was a kid and I saw that cartoon. So there's that one. There's a live action, um, like play version of it mm-hmm. that used to be on Netflix. 
um, way back in the day um, that was really, really good. Um, there's also an episode of the show, Are You Afraid of the Dark, that takes place in Sleepy Hollow, like modern day, like in the 90s, um, where the Headless Horseman is a real thing. And um, it, that dude, oh, it's, it's fantastic. It was, it, it's great. I'm a sucker for that story. Well, and I, I read the book a few years back when I first had gotten a Kindle because I'm like, hey, I can read this for free. Yeah. And the Disney adaptation was fairly close to the book, as mm-hmm. I recall. So, Yeah, that I love. I love that. Like, I really want to watch that now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, so, so for like kids-wise, like we watch the Hocus Pocuses and we watch um, Nightmare Before Christmas. We'll watch that stuff because it gets the kids in the Christmas and the Halloween mood. Um, for me, I, I've, um, I've been watching... Uh, like I said, it, um, the conjuring, I've been rewatching that. Um, I watched the nun, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, um, what I, I saw something that actually yesterday that reminded me of you, Bill, the, uh, there's, I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a third, uh, a, uh, the third adaptation or installment in the devil's reject series. Three from Hell. Uh, three from Hell, um, which I will, again, I will never watch. Uh, <laughs> but I did read about, um, and uh, I thought about you when I saw that. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'll watch the third one. Uh, uh, no, no. Yeah. No, nope. nope. Um, I'm not sure that I'll watch the third one. Uh, we did watch yeah. The Great Pumpkin, though, the other night. Oh, nice, nice. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. You know, the other uh, kids cartoon from Halloween that I really like that I think doesn't get enough credit is the the original Garfield animated series. The Garfield. Oh, fantastic. Oh. Scary. Mm-hmm. Also. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing about um, the Disney version of the, Leg- um, the Headless Horseman is that that's actually how the Washington Irving story ends. That mm-hmm. that cartoon is really faithful to the story. Mm hmm. So, yeah, that, you know, the, was it because the Johnny Depp one, that was Tim Burton, right? Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. So Burton took some liberties with that. So that's actually another, you want to get into Halloween movies. You can take the two Tim Burton stop motion ones, the Nightmare Before Christmas and uh, Corpse Bride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are good watches, too. The other oh. one I like to watch that the, the, the kids like, too, I don't know if you've ever seen it, is... Um, Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, we've seen that <laughs> That's one. That's a good one. That's one of my favorite animated ones. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite as hardcore with the scary movies. I like the moderately scary ones. I don't yeah. I don't like super like I don't like like the super gory ones. Like I enjoy like a good story. You know what right. I mean? Like I don't need the gore and the death. Like I I appreciate like a good story. Like I don't need the saws or like the hostels or you know what I mean? I, I, I'm very much like a, the less you see, the better type mm-hmm. of horror person. I can understand well, that's, that. That's, that's the whole mentality if you look at the first Alien movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you never see the alien until the end. Exactly. Or, and not in any kind of meaningful way because the whole thing is built up on suspense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a, there's a movie still, and I, and I still to this day hold it in the highest of regards. And if I can find a copy, I will send you each a copy. 
the behind behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon. Honestly, to me, and I say this every time we do something like this, you too. is is mm-hmm. the greatest horror movie that I have seen since the original Halloween and the Friday the Thirteenth movies. It's it's shot in a documentary style. It's it's awesome. Can we talk about it? But I don't think we've ever been able to find a copy of it. I'm going to find a copy and you guys are going to watch it because it's that good. It takes place in a world again. I'm sure everybody's sick of me saying this where Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers and Chucky, they're all real. And this guy's trying to become the next big serial killer. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy concept. Yeah. I need to find it. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see if I can find that somewhere while we're doing this. <laughs> um, I do. Have... So my, oh, go ahead. My, um, I had to, to go downtown Chicago not too long ago and I wanted to get the kids something on the way back and I had some time to kill. So I went into one of the little bookstores that was in the train station and they have, so are you guys familiar with the, the, who, uh, who is books for kids? Oh, uh, the big head books. These, oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, the little kids, mini biographies and there's, yeah, there's the, just uh, a ton of. The librarian at the elementary school said all the kids call them big head books. Because the front of it yeah. is characters of the faces, and they have little bodies, so they're big heads. Yep, love yeah. those things. So I ended up, I, I found a couple that I bought for my because I bought a, um, a one book for my middle son, and then I bought a couple of these books because they were smaller for my oldest son because he likes he's he's getting big into biography and history and likes to read all this stuff. So I was actually looking for the one on Stan Lee, but I couldn't find it. Um, so I ended getting ended up getting him a couple of others because he did, he had expressed some interest, but I bought him. Um, the one that was on Mark Twain, and then I bought one on Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. So he went and, and read through the Poe one really fast, and so he's now that it's Halloween, he's really interested in this. And I dug up my big giant tome of all of Edgar Allan Poe stories, but I got on um, because they, they were really, especially the old. My oldest son was interested in the Raven, so I jumped on YouTube on my iPad and pulled up the from the very first Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, yep. the version of. <laughs> that's narrated by James Earl Jones. Yeah. And that's to this day stand. That is brilliant. Fantastic. With Bart being the Raven. Oh, that is so good. Yeah. We, uh, I'm not, it's not Halloween related, but they have, um, they have the who was show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So if, and it's, uh, the narrator of that is H John Benjamin. (laughs) <laughs> so it's pretty great. He's nice. the voice of Archer. Oh, nice. Yeah. So check out the Who Was show, and they were. Yeah, what were the kids singing? Some. Oh, uh, something about peanuts. Singing about George Washington Carver and peanuts. They're singing some peanut song or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I think I've still got some of the. Zombie skittle in my throat. <laughs> nice. Awful. From, um, wait, what do you mean, Bill, from last week? Yeah, that's from, easy. Look, I don't think anybody thinks we record these a week at a time. Because <laughs> <laughs> we record two and we have two come out like back to back. And then we go like a month without any more. True. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I think they're on to us. They're no, on. I put, uh, for Halloween movies, uh, Halloween 1 and 2. Fantastic. Yep. And then even the Rob Zombie remake, not for, not because it was great, but there was 
Nick, did you see it? What? The Rob Zombie remake of Halloween? Mm-hmm. Jeremy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At the drive-in. Oh, man. There's one particular scene in that movie. The whole, Most of it is whatever, but the one particular scene where Lori's, you know, like waving goodbye to her parents on her way to babysitting, and they're sitting on the front porch, and she drives off, and then all of a sudden, like, Michael's there and, like, throws him in the house and stuff. Yep. Yeah, that partic- that scene, and I'm like, that, that, it's a brilliant scene. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, yeah, one and two. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, th- those movies will, will always be something that will stand the test of time for me. Like, mm-hmm. And it will, be the be- it will be one of the benchmarks that I measure every horror movie up to. Well, and it's, there was actually, I was looking at a theory at lunch, kind of prepping for this particular episode. And I actually, so there were like 20 fan theories about Michael Myers. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But there's one of them that actually struck out to me. Um, And it was a theory that Dr. Loomis is actually the real villain of the story. Hmm. Um, How? Okay, so this is from a blog called Dead to Rights. Um, the writer Joe Blevins, Blevins essentially says he uh, begins his post by reminding readers that uh, John Carpenter had intended the first Halloween movie to be standalone. Okay, mm-hmm. so it wasn't supposed to be backstories and whatever. Um, yeah, he wanted it to be an anthology series, right? And so mm-hmm. the first time we see Michael, his expression is one of kind of shock and fear, right? He's not excited about it, and we don't know much about what happened in the 15 years that he was. Um, in the institution, except we know what Dr. Loomis tells us. He says, Dr. Loomis describes the child as evil incarnate. But this writer says it's possible that Sam Loomis is either flat out lying or greatly oversimplifying the facts. Uh, Blevins equates Loomis to other monomaniacal, monomaniacal, other literary characters like Captain Ahab and Dr. Frankenstein suggesting Loomis's obsession with Michael either intentionally or unintentionally turned him from a disturbed little boy who could be saved into a monster. Uh, he wrote here, My interpretation of Halloween, Dr. Loomis viewed the six-year-old Michael Myers as the personification of evil because that's what he wanted us to see in the boy. Thus, Loomis's idea of Michael becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Treat him like a killer and he becomes a killer. For 15 years, Michael was Loomis's own little science experiment, his own Frankenstein monster. I can imagine Loomis telling Michael over and over that he is evil and the devil himself, and constantly, constantly reminding him of the events in Haddonfield in 1963. And then he suggests Loomis may have intentionally let Michael loose and guided him on the murder spree, but that's kind of something else. But yeah, so that Dr. Loomis created Michael that's because that's what he needed him to be. Hmm. That's very interesting. I just thought it was an interesting theory. So the, thank you, the entire, okay, I can see that. That's interesting. So an interesting take well, on it. it. It makes a lot more sense when you start bringing, when you, the, it's, the comparison to Captain Ahab is not a bad one in terms of m- manipulating, using your behavior to manipulate your reality to gain what you want or expect to gain out of it. So that's not a bad, that's not a bad comparison. No, I thought it was, you know, most of them were like, oh, Michael's this and this and that. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I read the one about that, and I thought, you know, that one's actually a kind of an interesting theory. Hmm. So, that is pretty interesting. Just throwing that out there. 
Sam Loomis might be the bad guy. I can or see not. that. You know, the, the the good, the nice thing about movies like this is that you can have like those, like, oh, what if it's this, or what if it's, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. that's exactly right. Yeah. Man, those are great movies. Mm-hmm. Just the first mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're telling me that Halloween three doesn't live up to your <sighs> expectations. <laughs> Three more days till Halloween. <laughs> partial. I'm still partial to the first Friday the Thirteenth. Great movie. Movie. Great twist ending. Because well, and that's the thing is because it's not like you compare it to something like the later movies in that series or the Nightmare on Elm Street series. It's not a monster-based horror movie. It doesn't become that until the very mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it, it, it's really you watch the whole thing. It's just a it's a suspenseful crime movie until that moment when that hand comes up out of the water. Yep, and it's then it becomes something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, yeah. There's so many. I mean, there's so many movies that like I don't know, like they just like reinvent the way you think of things. Like Scream, you know, was one of those. Mm-hmm. There's a girl. There's a girl at work who um, she has. Um, decorate. She decorates her cubicle for Halloween, and and we all do. And she's got the original uh, Halloween lights from Scream from the when the original <laughs> Scream came out. Like oh, wow, the, yeah. I was like, those are really cool. And she's like, yeah, those are like the original ones. <laughs> I was obsessed wow. with that movie. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many things that just. Um, gosh, I love horror movies done right. Done right. Yes, like Strangers. <laughs> you ever seen the movie Strangers? No. No. Oh, don't ever watch it. It's real creepy. <laughs> because it can happen. And Nick's I think the rich treasure trove of telling us which horror movies are so scary you shouldn't watch them. Mm-hmm. Dude, that that movie, that movie, I'm telling you, there I remember that movie for two reasons. One, because it scared me so much because it really could happen. Two, because somebody took a five-year-old to see that movie for some ungodly reason and end up leaving like within the first like 10 minutes. But that movie is scary. And they came out with the sequel to it just recently. And I still won't watch it. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's, it's a plausible, plausible horror movie. It's about these two people who come are coming back from a wedding. Um, and they are staying at their friend's cabin in like, you know, in this kind of remote, not remote area, but like a kind of like a, like a remote Michigan area. You know what I mean? Like there's woods around dirt roads, that sort of stuff. And they're, so they're, you know, stopping there to spend the night, um, after this wedding. And there's this, this knock on the door and like, as soon as they get there, they're packing their stuff up. There's this knock on the door. They open it up. There's this girl there with her hair in her face, and she's like, is so-and-so home? And they're like, oh, you've got the wrong house, I think. And she's like, okay. And she, they shut the door. And then the whole rest of the movie is just, just them getting terrorized by this family. Mm. This family of people. And the, and the ending to the movie, they just get away. Like, they kill them. And, like, the daughter doesn't want to kill them. Wait, wait, and they, and they're like who, who they're like they? you have to so the family like it's a father a mother and a daughter okay 
and the end of the movie is the 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 two main characters are in cha- in you know tied up in chairs and they're they have to kill them the daughter doesn't want to do it and the dad's like look you have to do this it'll make it easier for next time that's the last line of dialogue in that movie you have to do this it'll make it easier for next time huh. and then she kills them and then that's it they drive away and they're gone creepy ass movie wow they just picked yeah. this house at random or whatever pretty much no reason no rhyme reason for it creep you never learn the identity of the people you never learn why creepy ass movie hmm. so there's hmm. that hmm. I get some, watch some cartoons before I go to bed <laughs> yep no, we, I'm real scared about it now. we went um, last Thursday, I think, to this big event that they have every year at the Chicago Botanic Garden. It's called like Night of a Thousand Jack-O-Lanterns or something along those nice. lines. And it's neat. Most of them are just, you know, they carve the things and they put different little colored lights in them and it's pretty neat. But then you'll go through these big areas where there's these themed out sections where you'll see something like six or eight or ten pumpkins and they're big big pumpkins Mm. but they're carved they're they're not carved all the way through right like the back cut out of them the lights in and then they carve them just enough to let the light penetrate through and yeah i mean it's so the artwork is completely amazing on some of these and one of my favorite sections that i saw when i went through was all about scary stories so they had you know, one that was Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart. They had Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. They had Goosebumps by R.L. Stein. You know, all these different things that are, are themed out in that way. That one of them Part was of the Lovecraft. deal by Donald Trump. Well, yeah, they had uh, they had Lovecraft's Call of Cthulhu. Um, but one of the cool ones that I saw that I thought was really interesting, and I kind of had to, I had a fun time explaining it to my kids, was the original artwork from the very first Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark book. That came out back in like the late eighties, early nineties, whenever it was. If Nick's mm-hmm. attention. Those, and those were those were great stories. I was never I'm, I'm not a big horror person, but I used to I, I remember those they would have book the book fair at school every year right around Halloween. And I would get for like, like three or four years in a row, they would do a new volume of that every year. And I would always that was the one book I had to buy every year when it came out. <laughs> yeah. I actually just rebought those books a while ago. Did you? Totally, totally worthwhile purchase. Yep. Fantastic books. And the movie is great. Is it good is that it came it? out last year? Uh, this year. Was it this year? Yeah. Oh, it was this was, summer. Yeah. It, that, it was, it's really good. It's set in like the 70s. Great book. Also has a little, kind of a little nod to Flint in it. Really? Yeah. I won't spoil it if you guys are going to watch it. To me, it had a nod. Interesting. It's all about about water pollution. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. So, I mean, you you guessed it. So, yeah, I mean, basically, essentially, one of the plots of the movie is, is, um, is, yeah, that this lady knew about, like, this company was polluting the water and making the kids sick. And, yeah. But, and I was like, oh, that's kind of like Flint. So. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. 
Great movie, though. Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro did a good job. There was no puppies. Usually no. does a good puppies. No? Callback from a nerdist joke from like 2012? Where he was well, talking about, uh, where he was talking about, um, what's his name? Loki. Hiddleston? Yeah, Hiddleston. And he's like, Tom Hiddleston oh, could do whatever yeah. he wants. He'd be grinding up puppies in an alley and you'd be like, oh, puppies. No? <laughs> I do remember that joke. Yeah. Zing. Yeah. I'm really glad that somebody likes those books with me because there's so many times where I talk to people about those books and they're just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, Bill, you, you told the story of the Viper once on... <laughs> From G.I. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's in the Scary Stories book. Come to Vipe the Windows. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I remember get, that. The Viper is coming. Three o'clock. Three by five, or whatever it was. What a great throwaway episode of, <laughs> yeah. of G.I. Joe. Yeah, they're all at the little G.I. Joe headquarters. Barbecue was there. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. What else do you guys do for Halloween? Yeah. TP any people's houses? Uh, now we yours. throw poop bags uh, of kids. We've been in our, in our house in our neighborhood. I think this is the sixth or seventh Halloween. And we, the nice thing with some of the people in our neighborhood is everybody's kind of gravitated towards one or two days or events where they're kind of the the neighborhood lead for that. So our neighbors across the street, for example, are they run the Super Bowl party every year, and we ended up being the Halloween people. So like we, everybody gets together in the front yard. We all go trick or treating, and then we come back. And I usually make a great big batch of chili for everybody, and you know, a fridge full of beer and wine, and the kids just go run around the backyard or like crazy idiots and the grown-ups just sit around and eat chili and have a few drinks and it ends up being a good day. So cool. Wow. I like that. Yeah. I look, I look, I look forward to doing that. We, it's cause it's not, um, usually when you host an event or something like that, you have to go through and it's just this crazy mess of cleaning your house and setting up chairs. And it's just like, Nope, it's just, here's the crock pot and here's a bunch of bowls and have at it. Like, so it's fun. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I wish, I could say we had something like that, but we don't. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be I mean, nice. We go trick or treating, obviously, and sure, we're, free candy. We're hitting the old uh, Crossroads Village this weekend, Nick. Oh, you should have went last weekend. I was there. Yeah, right after the Joker. Last weekend. Well, if you didn't have stuff, Jeremy, the Crossroads Village is a old timey little town thing that they have set up through the parks hmm. here in the county, and there's a train that you can get on the ghost train, and they play spooky music and stuff. Oh, nice. Certain people yep. aren't allowed in. The what? What? Who's not allowed in? Hippies. Oh, good to know. Because it's old timey. Oh, 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 I gotcha. They have a sign out front that says long haired freaky people. <laughs> Need not apply. That's not true because I saw a guy that had a long beard and was wearing like a knit, a knit hat. And I was like, hey, it's ZZ Top. He didn't appreciate the joke. <laughs> but he was, was act- not in the. It was actually Alan Moore. Yeah, he was not. He, he was not in the joking mood. That guy. He did not. Uh, he just looked at me while he lit a cigarette, and I was like, "Whoo, we need to go this way, kids." <laughs> Let's get away. Let's get away. Yeah, it was a perfect timing, though. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Nick, I, uh, I shared with you guys um, video of a haunted car wash the other day. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little what too these, clowny for me, thanks. A little too clowny, yeah. What these people had done was they took a car wash, opened it at night, threw mm-hmm. some strobe lights in there, and dressed people up and went to town. I particularly enjoyed the clown, or the one who like went up to the car and just wiped the suds, wiped the suds off of it. I oh. mean, that would be spooky. It was. It got me thinking of what else we could uh, hauntify. I thought haunted uh, haunted credit unions would be really nice. Sure. Like you send, you, like you go through the drive through in the credit union, and uh, like a severed <laughs> hand comes in through the tube, and. <laughs> Like you or like or like you send it, you know, you send send the tube out and it's got like fog, uh, like fog machine smoke in there and they open it up and the smoke rolls out and there's like a shrunken head in there. Um, well, that you can sense. open the smoke. It just smells like skunks. Well, no, that's right. a different kind of smoke that we get at other credit unions. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the one that you that, and I worked at together. Yeah, that's an interesting idea, though. Like what what utterly or otherwise inane things could you turn into haunted versions? Oh, a haunted gas station. You go inside, there's like blood everywhere. Person behind the counter is de- like playing dead. <laughs> That'd be great. Just a, just a random like crazy person pumping gas at one of them. You do a, you do a uh, full service one. Some guy they, bloody overalls. I feel like they could do that. I feel like they could do that on the Metro or something that like the suburban train network in Chicago, mm-hmm. like just pick a line somewhere and like it's the haunted, you know, haunted train. Mm-hmm. You can have some fun with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, yeah, I, I started, I mean, I started thinking about it. There'd be a lot of like fun, like fun stuff to do. Like you have a restaurant that becomes like this, like, haunted restaurant and it's like real it gets like they make it look all dirty and their food is like delicious but it looks like completely unedible like they're like oh have our monkey brains and it's really like spaghetti and like you know or something like you know just off the top of my head yeah it's um the drive-thru or the car wash is nice because it's a a fairly quick experience Sure. You know? Yeah. It's a good idea. I like it. I thought it was a brilliant idea. And what a great way to fantastic. get people to wash their cars in the night nighttime. Yeah. Who goes to the I don't, car wash I, at night? Yeah. I mean I don't I don't do car washes, but have the outside of your car washed while you pee your pants from fear <laughs> in the inside of your car. That's true. And then get the inside of your car detailed. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little clowny. It was uh, it was impressive. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. That was very interesting to me. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Any good? Uh, any good kids? You got? Are you guys' kids going? Is anything interesting this year? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Nolan is going to be a Ghostbuster, I think. Nice. Mm-hmm. And Evelyn's going to be a. She's got one of those cool costumes where like you stick your feet in it. And then she's got like a unicorn that she like has the other half, you know, is like stuffed. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. She's like riding a unicorn. And then Lydia's oh, uh, cool. Lydia's going to be a witch. So pretty standard. Nice. I'm going to be a Mexican Choice. wrestler. Mexican wrestler. Not and we've got, um, we've got a pirate. 
mm-hmm. we have a little Yar. cute little wolf girl, mm-hmm. and then uh, the Assassin's Creed kid. Nice, very cool. Killer. I got the oldest one is going to be the Iron Spider. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Um, and he last year was Master Chief from Halo. Mm-hmm. And the middle one got so excited about that costume that he actually found the Spartan Lock costume from mm-hmm. Halo 5. Nice. So that's what he's going to do this year. And then the youngest one were re- uh redoing a one of the big muscled up spider um superman costumes and my wife was my wife's having a hard time letting go of like the i want my kids to do cutesy stuff that i organize Mm -hmm. and i'm like you can't do like the the older kids are too old for this now you can't do this because so i'm going to take a step back and, and and i don't think i told the story on the podcast before hopefully i didn't but i purchased the um uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters movie. Mm-hmm. And we were watching that and the, the older two kids are starting to get into the MonsterVerse things and they like learning about all the different things that are in there and my wife chimes in while we're watching this and she's like, "Well, what if we did what if we did like a King Kong theme for Halloween?" cuz she always wants to do themed everything. Mm-hmm. So, the boys and I are kind of like, "Yeah, that's a that'd be a really cool idea. Like so and so, you know, so and so could be Godzilla, so and so could be Rodan." And then my wife's like, no, 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 no. We could, it, it, we could totally do it a different way. She's like, the little one can be Godzilla. <laughs> She's like, or no, the little, the little one can be King Kong. I'll be the girl. And I, I kind of perked up. I was like, wait, what? Then she points at the two older boys. She's like, you guys can be airplanes. And she points at me and is like, and you can be the Empire State Building. I'm like, no, this is the worst <laughs> idea ever. <laughs> We're worst not doing idea. this. <laughs> so... She ended up taking them to Target, and they picked out their costumes, which kind of blew that out of the water. But I did give her a good idea because the little guy is going to wear the Superman outfit. So I'm like, why why don't you – because my wife's kind of tall, and she's got dark hair. So I'm like, why don't you dress him in the Superman thing but put regular pants on him and, like, a, a, a jacket – and have it be open in the front so you can see the uniform, the thing. And then you dress up in kind of a reporter's outfit and you're Superman and Lois Lane. Like the two of you can be themed out and go together. So you get at least a little something, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm not dressing up as architecture. So <laughs> you're not, you're not doing it. No. So, and then that's where I came up with, you know, originally what was supposed to be the Caddyshack costume, but now I get the grammar police costume. So mm-hmm. I'm all right. Nice. I like it. Nice. Normally, I would think it was lame until I found the the Nerf bandolier belt. With, I'm going to put the red pens in it. So, <laughs> I, um, I'm reminded every Halloween of, and I don't know how I remember this. Bill, you will remember as well, but you'll understand when I say I don't know how I remember this. I'm reminded of the year that we worked at a specific credit union, and I came as uh, Cheech. <laughs> and uh, you build up no, it, actually, that would have been actually really nice. Uh, but uh, he came as, I believe, a tourist. Yeah, I came uh, as a tourist that year. So, so he could yeah, wear comfortable a, like clothes. A, a Mickey Mouse, like Hawaiian shirt on, and a hat and camera, and uh, and a map. I, I came as Cheech, mm-hmm. which requires a mustache. Mm-hmm. Ask uh, Nick how he affixed the mustache to his well, face. So at first, I got, I, I, I had the mustache. You know, it's. You know, it was it had the tape on there, whatever you know. So I had it on there, and so it was kind of falling off. And I was like, "Oh, this mustache keeps falling off." 
So somebody that I work with, who I'm sure probably doesn't remember this, said, you know what you should do? Just throw some super glue on that. <laughs> and I was like, uh, oh. oh, that makes sense. We could do that. So somebody got me some super glue. <laughs> I put it on that mustache. So what I didn't realize is, A, that super glue burns when it gets on your skin. Uh, <laughs> and B. That's one. <laughs> uh the fumes from the super glue right by your nose give you a good buzz for the rest yeah. of the day. He was high. <laughs> and a lot of brain damage that goes with it, so enjoy that. Yeah. So uh, my supervisor at the time said, you should get some super glue and put that, <laughs> put that on that mustache. It did make for a pretty good picture, though. It did make for a good picture. You yeah. looked like Cheech. I did. I had the beanie all pulled down over my eyes a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had a mustache, red suspenders. A great time. That was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I work at this place where we do themes. You guys Ooh. do the theme there. What are you dressing up as to go to work? Uh, we're going to be, uh, this year's theme is uh, Pac-Man. And uh, all right. That's so we're, all, I'm we're going to be ghosts. And then our boss is going to be Pac-Man. Last year was 101 Dalmatians, and our boss was Cruella DeVille, and we were all Dalmatians. We had, like, little spotted sweatshirts. Worked out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you work with my wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, don't yeah, – you could. You guys could be that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wanted to be the Blues Brothers this year with my friend Casey, but then I remembered that we do themes. What you should mm-hmm. do – here, work on this for next year. Tell them yeah. that you want to dress up like Domino's next yeah. year uh-huh. and have get somebody in on it with you and have, you know, people like dress up like Domino's, have somebody dress up like Domino's pizza and you dress up like a bag of Domino's sugar. And be like, oh. We're dressing up like Domino's. You know what? Good idea, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Like, yeah, we, we thought we were just doing different kinds of Domino's. We, oh, we got it wrong. <laughs> I like this idea a lot. <laughs> I like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. That's, yeah. That's good. I normally, yeah. I have like four ideas for Halloween and I do none of them. <laughs> like I start planning like November 1st and then uh-huh. I don't, I don't do any of them. That's where the, what about Bob costume came from? Mm-hmm. That never that's happened. a good idea. Yeah. You just need an orange vest, a blue shirt that says, I'm a, don't hassle me. I'm local. <laughs> Some, I think some khaki shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, you know what you should do if you had another good one, if you want to do a movie pop culture reference, if you had four <laughs> guys to do it, you get, do you remember back in the, the Super Bowl where Katy Perry did the halftime show and they had the weird people in the shark costumes? Mm-hmm. Left shark. Yeah. Okay. So you get one of those shark costumes and then the remaining three people dress up as Quint Brody and Hooper from Jaws. <laughs> I like that. I can get behind that. <laughs> nice. I think it could be worthwhile. It, it mm-hmm. takes some planning, but that would be a worthwhile group I costume. Do I could do that. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, I like I like doing Halloween. Hopefully you have something funny that happens at your work this year again, Bill. Maybe somebody dresses up like a giant dinosaur and scares people again. That was funny. It hasn't happened That was hilarious. Since. That was like the only time I laughed during that whole time I was there. Was it the inflatable T-Rex costume? Yeah. 
Yeah. We did that. Um, we did that a couple of years ago. Uh, my two neighbors and I got those and we were like getting stopped by people driving <laughs> by to videotape us. It's one of my favorite ever Facebook uh, timeline pictures is the, the fake picture that we took of <laughs> three of us crossing the street like in Abbey Road. Nice. But I like I like the Abbey Road version. <laughs> There's the dinosaur dancing, doing the thriller dance. <laughs> Shake that booty, dinosaur. <laughs> this is... And I'm the one who doesn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to tell you, Nick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that, I love that. that. That was fantastic. I, I, I like the Abbey Road creativeness, though. Hmm? I like I like that. Yeah. I'll th- I, I put that picture up every now and again on Facebook just because I like it so much. Nice. I remember when I used to have Facebook. Yeah, then you don't. on Facebook. Then you don't have Facebook anymore. I just now now we just say bad things about you on the Pillow Talk Facebook page. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Just don't mention me by name. <laughs> Too late for, for reasons. For reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. Halloween's fun. Yeah, it's, it's good a good stuff. time. It's a good time. It's a good time. You ever pull any good pranks on anybody at Halloween? You ever fork anybody's lawn? No. Well, See, that's the problem is for, for most of my formative years when I was growing up, until I was 14, I grew up on a dairy farm. So, uh, you know, going to fork the neighbor's yard or teepee their house would require me walking the better part of a mile and a half. So, like, yeah, I don't think so. Weren't into it. You know, I've Billy. often thought the, um, you know how, there are certain rules when you live in a subdivision. And one of those rules is you don't walk on other people's grass. Mm-hmm. Well, that rule kind of goes out the window at Halloween. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a, a big dog in case mm-hmm. you're new to the program and haven't heard of that. And so I've often thought of the day before Halloween, just going to the backyard, you know, cleaning up his mess mm-hmm. and just transferring it to the front yard. Mm-hmm. So that his kids are just traipsing across my yard back and forth instead of walking up the driveway like civilized people, that they step in just giant piles of trooper shit. Yeah, it's just a lawn. It's okay. Yeah. Sure. Are, wait, are you sure that's a very? I thought that was a very small bear, not a very large dog. Uh, well, White either bear. way, bear crap then. A polar bear. <laughs> yeah, he does look like a big polar bear. But yeah, I've uh, I've often thought about just putting dog poop in my front yard. So, uh, just. Uh, Word of warning to anyone listening in the subdivision, so, you may want to use the driveway. This year may be the year I get my wife to buy into that idea. All you so, need to do is you let, do it. Let me get this straight. Your idea is to voluntarily relocate animal feces, presumably with your hands, this is move problem. it to your yard, and then invite people essentially to smear it all over your yard making it impossible to clean up, aren't you kind of spiting yourself? Well, you have to remember, it it often, it is for the greater good. Um, It often snows in Michigan around Halloween, and so by then I'm pretty much done with the yard work anyway. So by the time the winter is over, where they've smeared it will just be nice little piles of really green grass. And then when it melts, it washes away anyway. Yeah. Okay. 
But what, but I what see you need your to do? Point. It. I see your point. I want you to get a sign, just, a cardboard sign. I'm not inviting these people to walk through my grass. I'm inviting them to walk up the driveway like a civilized person. I want you to get a They're sign that says choosing to walk up the grass. Sign, and then I want sorry, you what? to play. I want you to get a sign that says "Landmine Danger Landmines Use Use Walkway." Then if anybody walks in the grass and they step on poop, it's okay. And you can say there was a sign. You were warned. Exactly. It's like how McDonald's has to put hot on their coffee. Yeah, because like, idiots. It, it it voids you of all liability. If anyone gets hookworm or something. A millennial or something did that. Damn millennials. No good tree-hugging hippie millennials. No good generation that's going to have to take care of us when we are old. (laughs) I'll put a bullet in myself before I let one of them do it. Back in my day... They're going to have to show me that they have a, a marketable skill like whittling or. How's the millennials? Back in my day, we walked up and down the driveway like civilized people instead of walking in people's front yards. That's right. Like civilized folk. That's right. Show me you know how to use a garden weasel, and then I will let you take care of me. <laughs> Boy, that's, uh, that's going to the way back there. <laughs> if they don't know how, they garden don't, weasel, don't huh? deserve the right to take care of me. The half garden the weasels, your your line in the sand, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, half the effort and twice, quite twice as thick as quick. <laughs> the blades okay. meet below the ground <laughs> to give a more even till. <laughs> and there's a smaller handle for wraparounds. <laughs> These are all real things from a garden weasel. Just in case you wanted to know. Because there's a song called The Garden Weasel by Haywood Banks, and uh, I really like it. Oh, yeah? It's got a yeah. Garden Weasel song, apparently, now. Good for him. Yeah. It, it, does it go, is it on the same playlist as the White Claw song? Uh, it could be. It could be. Uh, my, it's, it's on the same, the same playlist for me as his other hits, uh, Trauma to the Groin, My Mother's Gigantic Brazier. You know, a, a trauma to the groin is much more funny when your own groin's not involved. It's true. It generally is. There mm-hmm. is, yeah. There is no wit more pretty. There is no joke divine. Or limerick delicious as a pro- trauma mm-hmm. to the groin. I will say, uh, in terms of Haywood Banks songs, one of his greatest lines ever was his line about it's ha- how it's hard to be afraid of a ninja in a down coat at four in the afternoon in relation to <laughs> Halloween. I love that so much. That is uh, so. So Lydia, my oldest, loves loves him like like so much. If I could ever take her to a show, like she'd lose her mind. And um, yeah, that's yeah, that's the best, the best song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard Banks. to be scared of a ninja in a down coat at four in the afternoon. Haywood Banks is fantastic. He also has a song about the pancreas. Have you ever heard? Nope. Let us all raise our glasses to the pancreas. He plays a, the accordion. Nope, it's a good song. I recommend it. I'll have to check it out. He can do it. He can do a duet with Weird Al. He could. Um, I, I know we're mm-hmm. getting close to having to end, and so before we do, um, have you guys ever heard of a song called? Uh, <laughs> it's. It, I think it's called Mummy Juice. 
No, but I'm really excited every time that you tell me about a Halloween song because I remember last year was, was it Dracula's Big Deuce or something like that? <laughs> Dracula's Deuce, I think, yeah. Yeah, Dracula's Deuce. Okay, I'm, I'm in, okay I want to hear the song. Um, okay, so I, I, I don't have to play this whole song for you guys, but this is, this, this is a great song. Okay, so. Is it by so Here's Some of the Mummies? No, it's by a band, it's. Um, it's actually an old, like an old song from like the '60s, which we find ourselves listening to a lot on Pandora this time of year. But this is a great song we kind of discovered last year, and fortunately, it's it's been out again this year. All right, Igor, you take the mummy's head and twist right. I'll take the mummy's feet and twist left, and we'll produce some mummy juice. All right, now let's twist again, like we did last summer. Ha! Let's twist again Like we did last year Do you remember when We first squeezed the mummy Let's twist again Mummy time is here So then it kind of goes on about How we'll produce the juice that we love so much um... You take the mummy's head And I'll take his legs And we'll twist the juice out of the mummy I didn't know that the guy that produced the Monster Mash had a whole list of songs. Oh, let me tell you, there's there's some crazy stuff back from the '60s. There's have you you've heard of the polyunsaturated uh, riboflavin added blood? Yes. So there's that. I mean, there's just it's crazy, but yep. Let's twist again. Mummy time is here. Yeah. You take the head and twist that way, and I'll take the feet and twist this way. Oh my god, oh my god there's juice in the mummy. Fantastic. Anyway. Good, good times. Good times. Good time. Yep. Yeah. This has been a good podcast. It has. You know? I'm officially ready for Halloween now. Yes. Me too. As Me. soon as I go buy all the stuff from my chili. And I have to I have to kick it up Halloween batch because of the how important it is for the whole neighborhood. So uh, Halloween chili is bison chili. Oh, oh nice. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. You go and kill your own bison? or? Yep, with my bare hands. That's good. With a stick. Hashtag, Hashtag America. 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 That's right. Okay. You think they'd let you ever, me wear you this ever, mask at work? No, they're no, probably, they're probably well, masks that's, at work. Yeah, that's that's not recommended. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. All right. Well, do we do we wish the Pillow Talk listeners happy Halloween from the Wolfman, the Luch, or the Grammar Police? I think. I think we should. I think we should. I think we should too. Okay, everyone, happy Halloween. We're happy, happy. end of spooky can- Canadian Thanksgiving. <laughs> nice. <laughs> happy Halloween, everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if we don't go blah, blah, blah. That's a good movie, too, Benny. Okay. Yes. Okay, right. bye, everybody. Goodbye, bye, everybody. everybody.
And now, a musical intermission! All right, Igor, you take the mummy's head and twist right. I'll take the mummy's feet and twist left. And we'll produce some mummy juice. All right, now let's twist again, like we did last summer. Let's twist again, like we did last year. Okay. Do you remember when we first squeezed the mummy? Let's twist again. Mummy time is here. Now round and round, up and down we go again. And we'll produce the juice that we love so. And then let's twist again, like we did last summer. Let's twist again, like we did last year. When we twisted that fellow right out of his skin <laughs> Ooh, What's that flying around up there? Is it a bat? No! Is it a vampire? No! Is it the twister? Ah! Let's twist again It's the mummy's seal Let's twist again Like we did last year Started squeezing ego. Let's twist again. Mummy time is here, oh dear. And round and round and up and down, oh okay. And we'll produce the juice that we love so. And then let's twist again, like we did last summer. Let's twist again, like we did last year. One more time, let's twist again. Mummy time is here. But what of the things that we've shared? What of all the, the sweet words that you spoke in private? Oh, uh, well... Well, that's just what we call Pillow Talk, baby. This has been the Pillow Talk Podcast, brought to you by Local Flavor Productions. You can find more information at pillowpodcast.com. Tell your friends about Pillow Talk. We will be glad to get more subscribers. And thank you again for listening to Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk!